0: ...multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. If the Lord would help us tonight, for I pray, I'm going to preach on this all, Jesus' feet the best place in the world father we love you today pray you'd help us lord to mind you help us do your will thank you for the truth of the bible and lord let us walk through the bible and see these different people these character studies in the truth of the word of god and let it remind us lord that no matter what's going on in our life no matter what situation we're facing no matter what storm that we find ourselves in No matter what circumstances of life that tomorrow may hold or next week or next month, I'm thankful, Lord, the best place to be in the world is Jesus' feet, Lord. And I appreciate the privilege and the opportunity having, therefore, brethren, a a new and living way consecrated for us through the veil that is to say your flesh, Lord. And you've opened up that opportunity, and now we can pray boldly and we can come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And Lord, we call unto you as Jeremiah did, that, that Lord, in those depths of the prison that he found himself in, I'm glad he knew, Lord, that he could call unto you and answer, and you'd answer, and show great mighty things which we know not. Lord, I pray you give us that truth today, help us to mind you, and we'll be grateful for all that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And you can be seated. In Matthew chapter 15, verse number 30 is our text. I wanted to start there in the Bible because it didn't matter what, it doesn't name the nationality that they are. In chapter 15 and verse 30, it does not say uh, what side of the tracks they were born on. It does not say what color their skin was. It does not say uh, how much money they did or did not have. It, It simply says in verse number 30. That whatever was in the multitude, when they got at Jesus' feet, he healed them. Oh, thank God! They found out the best place in the world to be. They may have went over there to the Mediterranean. They may have got on a boat and went down there to Rome. They may have seen the statues in the empire. May have seen all the all those culture of Greece and may have been in all the places of the world that men traveled during this day. But I bet if you was to pull them to the side and ask them, what is the best place that you've ever been? They'd say, the best place in the world was that place that I was at the feet of Jesus. Amen. And it don't matter what's going on in your life, friend. I'm I'm thankful. It doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter the circumstances, doesn't matter how long you was a sinner, how bad of a sinner you was, how deep in sin you was. If you whatever your situation, if you'll just get at the feet of Jesus, I'm glad that'll be the best place you could find. Men are tallest. One man of God said, I believe it was Charles Wesley said, men are tallest when they kneel at the feet of Jesus. I, I remember preaching on all prayer is warfare. And there's a reason why, brother, I believe when you look at those different items in the armor of God, there is no knee pads because you do your best fighting when you're on your knees. There's no there's no armor for the back because we shouldn't be running from the battle. But there's no armor for the knees because the best fighting can be done on our knees. And I think about all those people in the Bible. Well, at this instance, there was redemption Amen, there was redemption at the feet of Jesus. There was revival at the feet of Jesus. Them disciples had been with him for a while, but I guarantee you, Brother Scott, when they saw everybody else that came getting healed, I bet you they got down and got some help. Amen, amen. Thank God there's revival at the feet of Jesus. You say, preacher, I feel stale. Uh, there's nothing my wife can tell you. I don't like soggy bread. I don't like stale bread. I don't like it. I want it crunchy. I want it I want it toasted. I, I don't like stale cracker. I don't like nothing stale. And God don't like nothing stale. He wants us to be crisp. He wants us to be on fire. I think it'd be better to be lukewarm than it had to be cold, but that ain't what God said. I think coming to church one time a week would be better not coming all. but that ain't what God said. God said, I want you hot. Or oh, I want you cold. Amen. Hallelujah. You get revival at his feet. You get refreshed at his feet. Don't let you don't let your Christian life get stale get at the feet of the Lord. Hey Amen. Get at his feet. There's redemption at his feet. Revival at his feet. There's refreshment at his feet. If you used to ask Ruth, you could go all the way back to the book of Ruth. Ask her what she found at Boaz's feet. I'll tell you what she found. She found rest at his feet. Hey Amen. Hey man, When she got in there she went to sleep. Thank God. You can rest when, when rest seems to get away from your mind and your mind's running circles around and you can't find sleep for your eyes. If, if you could just get to Jesus' feet. Hallelujah. You'll find what you need. Ask that woman that had the issue of blood for 12 years. Ask her what she found at Jesus' feet. Thank God. Ask them lepers what they found at Jesus' feet. Thank God. The best place in the world is to pray and get at the Lord's feet. We ought to do like them camels. They said they'd take them camels fully loaded. They'd get them camels amen, and unload them and unpack them and take them down there going in that sheep gate into that slot called the eye of a needle and unload all them camels and make them get on their knees and they'd scurry in that little hole before you ever got into that place down by the sheep market where the sheep went in down there by the refreshment of the pools of the water, Beth, you had to get on your knees. We need to be like that, Brother Scott. We gotta get on our knees, Amen. the 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 tallest we'll ever be is when we're on our knees. The greatest place in the world is to be at his feet. Take your Bible with me. Let's look. Let's just find a few people who got at his feet. I believe. I believe that if we went to the Old Testament, we could ask Ruth, and she'd say that. I believe if we'd go to, if we went over there and ask uh, Daniel, who's say, well, Daniel, when you heard the decree and you knew you was going to be thrown in the den of lions. What'd you do? He said, well, I went and got at his feet. I flung my window open. If you asked Jeremiah, he said, when he was in the prison and nobody couldn't help you, he said, what could you do? He said, well, I just got on my knees. You know what he's doing? He is getting at the feet of God. Hey man, oh, don't matter where you been, Them three Hebrew boys standing in Iraq was getting at the feet of the Lord. I'm so glad, and they were really at the feet of Jesus because the fourth man in the fire was Jesus. That's a pre-incarnate of Christ. Amen. He had to show up just to keep them warm in the fire. They had to walk around to stay warm. As an air conditioner, I feel like preaching tonight. Hey, man. I'm talking about you get hell when you get at his feet. We we have the privilege of prayer and we neglect the greatest privilege. I I still believe angels are dumbfounded how ignorant Christians are that we don't pray more than we do. Somebody ought to help me. Amen. I want you to look at a man. Let's look at Peter. Peter fell down, and he found the place of conviction at the feet of Christ. What's what happened. In Luke chapter number 5 and verse number 8, you know the story. We won't take the time to read each place we're going to go tonight. But if you were to look in this story in Luke in chapter number 5, this is when the Lord's going to call Peter to himself. This is Peter, and he's sitting down there one morning by the Sea of Galilee. He's fished all night like fishermen did, and he's gathered them nets up, and he's cleaning cleaning the nets, and he's mending the nets. And the Lord walks down on the seashore of his life. Amen. And down there by the beach, He hears the the multitude coming. And when he gets down there by the beach, he gets up into one of them empty boats and he tells Peter, he said, uh, matter of fact, look with me in verse number three. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, prayed him that he would thrust out just a little from the land and and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. That's the first time that Peter ever saw a ship turned into a bull pit. Jesus is getting out there and they say on that, on that water, if you just back off into the deep just a little bit, that the, the banks around the Sea of Galilee acts like an amphitheater and acts like a PA system. And man, can you imagine God preaching out of, your boat, and he used Peter's boat. Peter's in there with him, and, and he launched out from the land, and he began to preach, and I don't know. The Bible never tells us what he preached, but boy, wouldn't it have been some! I know one thing. I think I know what he preached. He preached probably what Peter ended up preaching that got a hold of all that crowd, amen, because the Bible says when he had left speaking, watch what happens. Peter has heard this man preach, and no doubt, that morning Peter heard that it, like he'd never heard. Don't you remember the day you heard for the first time? You might have been brought to church. Jesus had already been in Galilee. He'd been preaching around. Why Peter hadn't heard him? I don't know if he went to the synagogues. I don't know if he'd went to the temple. Maybe fishing consumed all of his time. But this time he heard like he never heard. I was brought up in church. Went to church for 12 years. I don't know how much truth was preached. I don't remember hearing no truth preached but it could have been. And and I, I do know this, Brother Frank. I remember the day I walked in the Welcome Home Baptist Church and Dal Pruitt preached the so hard them teeth came out. I remember that day. That's the day I did hear. Hey, <laughs> man. Do you remember the day you heard? Ain't you glad one day you heard? And the Bible says when he got done, here's what he said. He, he told Peter, he said, he told Simon, who's going to be Peter, launch out in the deep and let down your nets for a drunk. Now, I'm thinking to myself, Peter probably thought, well, listen, I've been, I've been admiring you. I, I respect you as a preacher. I'm just wondering if it's going through Peter's mind because watch what he says. He said, well, he, he after, he said this in verse 5, Simon answered, said in the master, we have told all the night, taken nothing, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. It's as if he said, hey, you the preacher, I'm the professional fisher." But when he said, nevertheless, I don't want to disrespect you at your word because his message was gnawing on him. Can you imagine when he throwed out that net? Here's what the Bible says. Amen. And when they had done this in verse 6, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net broke. Now, I, I love this. The master, we have taught all the night, We have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Well, that's not what the Lord said. The Lord said in verse number four, launch out in the deep and let down your nets, plural. Here's what Peter said. He said, I got enough faith in you, enough respect in you. I'm going to do half of what you said. I'm glad God even used, if we'll just get half right, God will go ahead and help us out a little bit. He let down the net and the net couldn't hold it all. If he'd have let down two nets, God would filled two nets and he wouldn't have lost none but it's still amazing that they got anything in the boat cause anybody in here that's ever been fishing, if you got a broke net, you ain't gonna get nothing in that boat. Boy, ain't God good, he can use a broke net to catch some fishes. Well, preacher, I ain't no good sharing the gospel. I feel like we don't do enough soul winning. I tell you what, church is it's just a bunch of zeros knotted together to make a net, and God cast us out into the community, and we might be half broken, have scales all over us, need to be cleaned up, but God can use a broken head. He used broke things all through the Bible. He used a broke net to get so many fish that his boat began to sink. I say amen. It matters if you fish in God's fishing hole. It's everybody with me. Now watch what happens. Watch what happens, Brother Scott. He admires him. He respects him. He's, he's honoring him. He, he didn't do everything that he said, but he did do part of what he said. The Bible said they beckoned to their partners. They said, it's as if they said, come over and help us. And the Bible says that they were in the other ship. They should come help them. When they came and filled both the ships. So they began to sink. Did you see that? I, I don't even understand that. you either sunk or you're not sunk. Now they began beginning to sink. It don't never say that they paled the water out. All I know is they begin to sink. Don't you remember that day he found you? He stepped up on the bow of your ship. You really heard what he said. You might have just stepped out, took one step, but you knew your, sink, your ship was sinking and you was going down. Hey Amen. And all you thought about was not grabbing a pail, boy, let's get this water out of here. Let's dump some of this fish overboard. All you could think about, all you could think about was what Peter done. And you know what Peter did? Look what he did. Oh my, hallelujah. Look at verse number eight. The Bible said that when they got done and verse number eight, Simon, Peter saw it you <laughs> He said what he saw? He saw all that God had blessed him with even though he'd only partly obeyed him. He'd seen all the blessings. He's seen all the fish. Amen. He saw everything. He'd heard everything. And I imagine the Bible said he saw it and so he fell down. What did he see, brother? Here's what I think he saw. He saw it, it wasn't just fish caught in the nets. He was caught in the net, the net of conviction. And he couldn't get out of it because the Bible, Bible says, uh, that here's what the Bible said in verse number eight. He said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Uh, you know what? Peter fell down at his feet. You know what? He found a place of conviction. Uh, he couldn't go no more. No doubt he is agitated. No doubt he is convicted. Uh, I don't know what was in the message, uh, but I feel like something might have been like this. Repent. Amen, because Peter starts preaching and that crowd says, what shall we do? He said, I tell you what you need to do, you need to repent, amen. I know what John the Baptist preached, he preached repent. I I don't know what went on, but I know this brother. He fell down on his on his knees. He got down at Jesus at down at Jesus knees, saying, "Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord." The Bible tells us no man can call him Lord except by the Holy Ghost. The thief on the right side said, "Lord, remember me when Thou comest into my kingdom." You remember the day you called him Lord. You can't even get saved unless you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. You got to recognize him as Lord. Amen. And he called him Lord. He said, I'm a sinner. Thank God. Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. It's impossible to hear the gospel of Christ preached in the presence of God and not feel troubled in your soul if you lost. I'm so glad that day I came in and that man of God preached the gospel. And I felt troubled in my soul. I didn't know what to do with it, but I felt troubled in my soul. Ain't Nothing like when God shows up in the service. He'll change everything. You say, what can you find at Jesus' feet? You can be like Peter. You can find a place of conviction. Look over here, if you will, in just a few chapters. In Luke chapter number 19. Let's see what Zacchaeus found. In Luke chapter number 19, in verse number 6. You know the story in Luke chapter 19. You know all about, all about the story of Zac- Zacchaeus. I preached a message here one time on when the midget met the master. That might not be politically correct, but one day the midget met the master. <laughs> hey, don't let your shortcomings keep you from him. Amen. Hallelujah. It's, it's impossible, I think, to imagine how short Zacchaeus must have been. They was all short, but here's Zacchaeus. He's a short man. The Bible says it makes it so specific. Now, he's not the shortest man in the Bible, Hey, man, I have to tell you all that. Like, he ain't the shortest man in the Bible. I mean, Nehi, is pretty short. Bill Dad, the shoe height's pretty short, but uh, he's short, brother, he's short. And the Bible said, the Bible said, y'all get that tomorrow when you wake up. And he, he sought to see Jesus, who he was. And he could not for the press because he was little of stature. So he ran before, climbed up in the sycamore tree. Them sycamore trees had big, long branches that he could reach up and start climbing up. And I can imagine what's going through his mind. Maybe, maybe as a tax collector, he had to live like a hermit because this is not the first time he's been here. You, the Bible said Jesus is entering and passing through Jericho. This ain't the only time he's been here. Now this is going to be the last time he's here. He's going to Calvary. I don't know when everybody here got saved, but I feel like we all get saved on our last time, because most of us is hard-headed. Most of us have to be dealt with and pricked and convicted and drawled to the Lord. If you got saved at a young age, you may not have been like that, but I know me, I I was dealt with and dealt with and dealt with, and I know this, God drawled Zacchaeus. Maybe he had never heard. Maybe he isolated himself because of the job, the position that he held. He was considered to be a traitor to the Jew. He was a tax collector for Rome. Maybe he's ignorant of all the events that's going on around him. Maybe, maybe there's just something unusual going on. There's never been a crowd like this following anybody. Maybe he's wondering what is this disturbance. I, I've gotta say, I've heard about this miracle worker of Nazareth. It's just enough curiosity. Something got to hold of, I'll tell you what it was. It was conviction got to hold up. He like a coon dog read him up that tree. Say man, right there, Doug. I guarantee it was. He has run up that tree. And can you imagine? Can you imagine? He said, I'm going to get a better view. And I, I don't know. You can read the text. But here's what I think. Zacchaeus says. He gets on down here. And this is what he said in verse number four. He said, he ran before climbed a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to place, he looked up and saw him and said unto Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Can, can you just imagine? Y'all have heard me say it so many times. Can you imagine Zacchaeus being up in that tree? And he's wanting to see the Lord. And the Bible said he'd come to Zacchaeus. Can you imagine Zacchaeus saying, oh my, he's looking at me. Oh my, he's talking to me. He called my name. He knows me. But what beats everything is he wants me, and he's gonna go home with me. Somebody help me in here! Ain't you glad today that he came where you was? And hey, man, he called you to himself. Oh, I wish y'all had been in there and heard that story Jared told. I'm glad he'll always receive what he calls to himself. He'll never refuse it. Amen. Thanks be unto God. And Zacchaeus. He has got to take Jesus to the house. I say, Amen. Wait a minute. He, he, whoa, whoa. He's coming toward me. He sees me. He's talking to me. He knows me. He knows everybody knows me. They don't like me. They hate me. They despise me. They know what job, but he knows my name. And yet he wants me. And he's going to go home with me. I don't know about y'all. That excites me. Amen. Oh, Zacchaeus said, make haste. He said, come down, for I'm going to go to your house today. Ain't that what the Bible says? Watch what the Bible says. (laughs) Amen. And he made haste, verse number six, and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, everybody out there that knew who Zacchaeus was, saying that he was gone to be gifts with a man that is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. If I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. You said, preacher, what in the world happened? Here's what I think happened. When he came down and received him joyfully, I believe he got at his feet because it next tells us when they got when he stood up, he said, if I've taken anything, and by the way, that's the law. That's what the Bible says. Amen. In Leviticus, the law said in chapter 6 and verse number 5, that if you, here's the amazing thing, if you take something falsely, and you skim some off the top. If you steal or you, or you take something from your neighbor, when they find out about it, if it's an ox, you got to give five ox. Now, that's weird. That ain't what he says here. He says fourfold. Zacchaeus is a Jewish man. He's a religious man. He knows what the law says. Why did he say four? Well, here's what I think. If it says in the same context of that law in the book of Leviticus, you can go look it up later, If a man takes a lamb that don't belong to him, he only has to return four. Now, lamb are just as valuable as oxen. Am I right? Why would you only restore four if you took a lamb and five ox if you took an ox? Here's what I think. There was one lamb already given before the foundation of the world. (laughs) I say amen. Woo! Y'all sit there if you want to. Amen. Hold that for me, Jared. Amen. Are y'all with me today? Hey, what I'm saying is, church, one's already been given. (laughs) Woo! Was, does the Bible not say he was a lamb foreordained before the foundation of the world? Ain't that the King James Bible? You don't have to give five. You only got to give four because the fifth one's already been given by grace. Oh, my God, how mercy. I don't know how, let me get back to Zacchaeus. Oh, man, what a testimony. Can you imagine this old boy? See, the Bible's going in, in verse 10, I love this verse. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's why he came. That's the purpose of him coming. We're to carry on his work. We're to go seek that he saves that which is lost. We're the instrument, the hands that God uses. We have the feet that God uses. We have the mouth. Oh, man. Amen. Thank God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I'm so glad today I'm saved. I want to have a testimony like Zacchaeus. He said, Lord... He said, Lord, if I've taken anything falsely, he said, I'm going to restore it fourfold. But you know what he said before that? You know what he said? Let's back up. You know what he said? He said, half of my goods I'll give to the poor. Now, I don't know why. I don't know why he done that. Here's what I think. Here's what I believe. You don't have to believe this. They's blind men. One of them's blind Bartimaeus. And he's always used to getting very little. Can you imagine? Somebody come by dumping a whole bunch of money in his thing and saying, what in the world? He said, I just met a man named Jesus. He changed my life. Wait, you're Zacchaeus, you're the thief, you're the robber, everybody knows you're the scammer, you're the traitor. He said, yep, but now I'm saved. I've done got at his feet. I guarantee you blind Bartimaeus got his motor running. Thank God, that's why B.B. got better because he heard the testimony of somebody else. Amen. Oh my, let me go on. Look look what the Bible says in Luke chapter 5. Let's go back. Luke chapter 5, amen, in verse number 9. What can I find at Jesus' feet? Well, you can find conviction. You might find contrition. You know what to do? We all need a good dose of contrition and humility. Oh God, just to take all of our resources. Let us keep what we need and do with God's kingdom what he wants to do with the rest. Amen. But you might find a place of conversion. Look at Luke chapter number 5. Let's go down here. Amen. Luke chapter number 5. And verse number 19. Start in verse 18. And behold, men brought in a man, a bed which is taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in had to lay him before him and what they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude. They went up on the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins be forgiven thee. You know what he found in the presence of the Lord? Oh, what it pays to get in his presence. Amen. The best place to be in the world is before the Lord. You know what he found? He found a place of conversion. I preached a message right there on one time on when four of a kind beat a full house. Don't act like y'all don't know poker. Amen. And that's when four of a kind beat a full house. Y'all just do this at me, hey, amen. That's when four of a kind beat a full house right there. Hey, the Bible said he saw their faith. Now y'all study on that a minute. They had enough faith. They were going to do whatever it took to get a sinner into the presence, let him down at the feet of Jesus. You know what we ought to do? We ought to take every sinner we know down to the foot of Jesus, call their name out, storm the gates of heaven, and pray that God would do something for our sinner family. Amen. God's still saving sinners. Amen. He's still saving sinners. And mercy, it, it, it could have said a lot of different things. Here's what it says in Mark chapter 2 in Mark's account and verse number 1 it uses this word. Matter of fact, let's just go over it so you know make sure I ain't preaching out of an almanac. Let's just see what the Bible says. Look here in Mark chapter number 2. Amen. And verse number 1, this this is actually the text I preached on for the kind of beautiful house. Amen. Look what happens. In verse 1, did y'all see this? Man. Boy, oh, I love the Bible. Y'all believe every word's inspired by God? I do. I believe in plenary, I believe in absolute perfection in his Bible. Watch this word. And again. And again. The first time he was at Capernaum, they rejected Christ. You know what Christ did when, when men reject him? He came back again. If he hadn't come again, the palsy man wouldn't have got up. He wouldn't have been converted. The four men wouldn't have took him. Boy, ain't you glad he... Hey amen. Jacob dung wells again. Samson grew higher again. Jeremiah made it up. Amen. <laughs> hey Ezekiel, I like that. If you look up in the book of Ezekiel, I think it says six times the word of God came unto him again. So we're hard-headed. Somebody ought to say amen. And sometimes we're hard-headed getting it. Sometimes the crowd's hard-headed receiving it. Hey amen. And sometimes we just gotta preach it again. Hey. Amen, Brother Doug. We gotta say it again. We gotta tell them again. Don't give up on them. Don't let them hey, Amen. You know what? Them four men, you know what they had faith? They had faith that if they could get their sinner friend. Didn't matter how sick he was, didn't matter the opposition they faced, hadn't mattered the obstacles, they had to they had a crowd, they had to climb, and they had clay. You know what? They had to rip that clay roofing off. That's a picture of the flesh. They had to get rid of the clay, had to get rid of had get past the crowd. Had to climb up on top of the roof, hey man, hey man, glory to God, somebody help me. They were not going to let the opportunity pass. They had a burden for a friend of theirs, Hey, man, and the boy got satisfied, he got blessed by the Lord, and they benefited because now they went from three to four. Hey hey, man, a threefold cord can't be easily broken. What about four men carrying the gospel? Hallelujah, I'm telling you, glory to God, we get that family that's lost. You say, Preacher, well, I don't think he's in that bad of shape. Well, here's what the dictionary says. The word palsy means paralysis of any part of the body, specifically this word, involuntary tremors, shaken, chronic degenerative disease, attacking the central nervous system, muscular rigidness, weakness, mask-like expression, The condition can start at the top and paralyze the whole body. He was sick, but his friends were sure. And don't you know the crowd was surprised? Hey, man, because he walked out saved. And the thing he was let down on, he walked out with. Oh, my God, somebody help me. If you'll just get at the feet of the Lord, uh, hey man, it might be conviction, it might be contrition, it might be conversion, but everybody needs to get at the feet of the Lord. We'll get some help tonight. Let's look in Matthew 17. You say, preacher, I got some family members, they plum crazy. Well, some of my family said that too. Some some of my family said, he's too far gone now. He's been out there in the world too long now. By now, he stinketh. Yeah, the sin done got on him, Brother James. He's too far gone. Might as well give up on him. Why you keep calling him? You're just going to end up pushing him away. I never understood that. Uh, where, are the, where are you going to push them? They're going to hell already. Somebody say amen. I mean, they're going to hell. If somebody don't care enough to call them and invite them, and everyone, I'm not saying I have to do it all the time, just pick up the phone. I still got, I I wanted to call his name. I still got a young boy. Used to be in church. I'll text him every once in a while. Tell him I love him. You know why? Because I believe just a little chip and a little chip and a little chip, he'll know Preacher Shane loves me. Hey, after after not seeing him for two years, he showed up on my front porch one day meeting him, have having an hour of conversation. There ain't a doubt in my mind, brother. I'm getting a little excited thinking about one day he's gonna walk in the, hey, in the church. He's gonna get right with God. God's gonna change that boy's life. Yeah, I know he can, because he did mine. He took a drunk and delivered him. He took a whoremonger and made a preacher out of him. Hey, man, don't tell me God can't do it. He can do it. If he did it for y'all, he can do it for us. Whoever you're thinking about right now. Amen. Amen. Somebody help me. Look at Matthew 17. I love Matthew 17. Amen. Well, we looked at go fish. <laughs> we looked at Fort kind, beat a full house. I mean, we, hey man, we looked at the midget, met the master. Well, let's look at this one. That's when the lunatic met the Lord. <laughs> amen. Look at Matthew 17. Look at Matthew 17, verse 14. What's this? And when they were come to the multitude, they came unto him a certain man kneel, kneeling down to him. He's getting at his feet, brother Scott. Whether you are let down, whether you climb down, whether you bow down, somebody help me, amen. Or whether hey <laughs> man, that's what, or whether you kneel down. You'll just get at the Lord's feet. You'll find the help you need. Maybe even tonight. Look, watch Matthew seventeen. Here's when the lunatic met the Lord, and when they were come to the multitude. Now, watch what happened. This is a great. Let me let me just let me set the text in Matthew seventeen. They've just been on the glory mountain. The glory has broke out from the inside. Moses shows up. Elijah shows up. He's alive. Y'all know he was translated, right? He ain't died yet. I believe he's going to be one of them that's going to come back. But he, he's alive. He was transported to heaven. You got a dead man alive, man. You got the law and the prophets. Guess what they preaching about, Brother Jay? Preaching about Calvary. Wouldn't have been some. Peter and him... The, the green berets of the Lord's army, Peter, James, and John, gets to be up there, the inner sanctum gets to be up there and see the glory break out. They got a preliminary experience of what it's gonna be like in Revelation 19 when everybody else gets to behold his glory. They got to see the glory of the Lord break out and had camp meeting up on top of a mountain. Oh my God, hey man, I mean, great God in heaven. There's some good mountains I'd like to go to if I ever go to Jerusalem. I'd like to go to Carmel and see where God, <laughs> beat up Baal, I'd love to go, thank God, to this mountain and see when the glory break out. I'd love to go up on the mountain where he died for my sin. I'd like to come to that Mount of Olives where he's going to put one foot. There's a lot of mountains I'd like to go to. Amen. But brother, if I never get to go, I will go that day. Amen. In Revelation 19, we're going to be with him in somebody's I might not see the earthly Jerusalem but I'm going to see the new Jerusalem. Amen watch what happens, here they are, come down off the glory, they just got in the glory, the father spoke and said, this is my beloved son see, hear ye him I mean, when God shows up, people get a little uh, they get a little nervous and they start talking about building programs, they want to build a temple for Elijah and Moses, and, and the Lord had to clear everything up and said, wait just a minute only one deserves the glory this is my beloved son, hear ye him They've just got in the glory. They come down off the mountain and smack dab into somebody needing some help. When we get to come to church on Sunday, don't think Monday's just gonna be a breeze. Don't just think, hey, God something has to get us here in in, in the atmosphere of getting our battery charged. That's That's what church ought to be. Ought to be plugging up so that we can go out and burn out for a little bit in the world come back on wednesday and plug up again and then go out y'all say amen right there y'all know i'm right amen god help us watch what happened the father was desperate he had exhausted all of his resources every person in the community believed his son was past hell no doubt about it he was possessed with the devil Watch what happens. Let's just read the text. Lord, verse fifteen, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. See, that's what the book said. And sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the water or fire, and oft into the water. you Imagine having a son, brother Jamie, that's so full of the devil that you can't even keep take your eye off of him, because he's going to jump in the fire, because the demons just want to kill him. Can you imagine having a son that's so full of the devil such a lunatic that he tries to drown himself every chance he gets They are still doing that brother They still got people to this day slitting wrists and cutting herself and, and people today what well, you know that's that's the demonic oppression if it's not demonic possession we got to get the truth to him, And here's what this man said. I went to everybody. It's what, he, what he said. He said, I brought him to thy disciple. They couldn't cure him. Jesus answered and looked at them and said, o, perverse, o faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. The child was cured from that very hour. What about that? You know, what he, you know what he did? He said, the doctors can't help him. The Levites can't help him. The priests can't help him. Your disciples can't even help him. He's exhausted every resource. He's, he, he's went to every person he can, but he went to the Lord. See, if we'll just get to the Lord's Lord, when, the, when you feel like obstacles, when you feel like you're overcome with doubt and disappointment, when you're discouraged because it seems like your cunt son is full of the devil, I tell you what you can do. You can take confidence in knowing if you can just get your boy, if you can just get to the feet of Jesus, the demons are going to have to flee. Amen. He was not without hope. Jesus was coming down the mountain. Amen. The followers of Christ couldn't do it, but Christ can do it. Amen. If people fail, He'll never fail. What's impossible with men is possible with God. Is is that not what the book says? I had a lady the other day. She come up to me. She said, "Preacher." Uh, Pray for my, my, I think it was her mom. It might have been her grandma. She was talking about her, his, her husband died and said it was her mom because I remember her saying, my dad found out he had cancer and when the doctor told him, the doctor said he'd have two years. He died in six weeks because see, when people, Brother Scott, lose hope, they don't matter what people. If they lose hope, man was lost. As far as we know, the the man went to hell. Can I, can I just tell you, church? It's that way spiritually. Don't ever lose hope in your situation. To this man, help looked hopeless. He is disappointed after disappointment after disappointment. If the followers of Christ can't do it, who, who in the world is going to help me? But just remember that 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 faith, hope, and love, that Peter, James, and John, they was up on camp meeting up in heaven, and they they was hearing Elijah preach about Calvary and Moses preach about Calvary, and who knows what it was when Jesus chimed in, and they just come down off the mountain. He didn't mess with going to them. He went to Jesus. Brother, I'll tell you what we can find when we get to Jesus. It's a place where you can put all your care on him. He said, "Preacher, I need contentment. I, I, I need contrition. I, I need conversion. I, I tell you what I need. I need a place I can put all my cares. I need a place I can put all my concern. I'm gonna tell you what you can do. You can bring them to Jesus. Amen. You can bring them to Jesus. I get to thinking, brother about Mary sitting down. Look over here in Luke chapter number ten. We can't we can't we can't believe the message. I was just gonna call in on that one, but let's let's just go one more. We we gotta go to Mary." Mary's known the the staple of Mary's life is is getting at Jesus. Every time you see Mary, she's at Jesus. When she's mentioned in the Bible, she's with Jesus. Watch what happened in Luke chapter ten, in verse number thirty nine. See, to Mary, it wasn't just a place to put her concerns at his feet. To Mary, it wasn't just about conviction. To Mary, it wasn't just about conversion. Uh, to Mary, hey man, it was more than that. It, it was hey man, uh, it, it was about contentment, just being at the feet of the Lord and being content with doing that. I get to thinking about Mary and Martha and Lazarus and what Jesus had. Y'all have heard me preach it before. Jesus went to Bethany over and over and over and over again. You don't see him going by a lot of people's houses like that, but every time he's in Bethany, he's going by Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house. I mean, they're, they're so close that when Martha and Mary get desperate about Lazarus and he gets sick, he they... They've got enough confidence in their relationship. They send word to Jesus and said, your friend sick, boy, I, I like that, being so tight with the Lord that you're known as his friend. Oh, my God, somebody help me. Oh, yes, they were close. He, they, you know why he loved going there? He had fellowship there. Hey man, You know why he liked going there? He had worship there. You know why he liked going there? He was Lord, had Lordship there. If he's got Lordship and worship and fellowship at your house, I hope he does here. Hey man, he'll keep showing up. How about, hey man, y'all like when Jesus shows up, I sure do. Lazarus. Old oh, Lazarus. He is quiet. Don't, don't, don't see much said about what Lazarus does, but just him being alive. After he's been dead is such a testimony that they don't they want to kill Jesus and him. Oh yes. Boy, what whoa, what a testimony. He's known for the man who was dead and now alive. Martha's known for the person who's always working to meet the needs of, and nothing wrong with that. She's dependable. We need people who are quiet and who are dependable. We need people who are working, Uh, but but she was voiceful. She must have been the one that kind of run things down there at that house where her brother and, and her other sister lived. She was down there, she was always dependable. She was making the decisions. She was always the one deliberate and decisive, getting work done. But Mary was contemplative. She was the dreamer. She was the one that was just content. Here's what I think. Why would Mary up in there with Martha in the kitchen? I tell you what I think. What's well, she used to work on bread in the oven when the bread of life's here. <laughs> Woo! somebody help me. Hey man, are y'all listening to this preacher? How old God? Why worry about bread when you got the bread of life? It's like she didn't even register what Martha was saying. Why? The master's talking. Are y'all listening to this See, Martha, she's industrious. Lazarus, he's, he's an illustration. Mary, she's inspired. Martha's a worker. Lazarus is a witness, but Mary's a worshiper. I tell you what, if I gotta go down in history as being crazy, I wanna be called crazy for Jesus. I don't do everything right, but I'm glad I ain't saved by what I do or don't do. And my worship ain't gonna be based on that neither. Amen. If you try to worship based on how worthy you are, you ain't never gonna worship. But if you'll get your eyes on him, hey man, you want her to keep from worshiping. Bread's in the oven, who cares? Let it burn, Martha. The bread of life's here. Amen. Here, here's what she's wanting to do, brother. She's wanting to incre- she had a desire to increase her learning. She wanted to hear the words of the Lord. Why listen to Martha when you can listen to the Master? Be an attentive listener. Get it to feel the Lord and hear what he's got to say. But here's what she ought. She also she wanted to grow in her discernment through listening to his illuminating words. She had, she had a desire, brother, to increase and learn. She had a desire to be illuminated. She had a desire had to listen to everything. Yeah, Martha frowned, Mary was fixated. Martha was busy, and Mary couldn't be bothered. When Martha got, tried to say, Lord, get on my side and tell her to, you know what he said? Martha, you, you can read text. Here's what he said. He said, Martha, what she's chose is the good part. And that ain't going to be taken from her. Ain't that what the Bible says? Martha, hey, she's chosen the good part. That's not going to be taken from her. Oh, I love, don't y'all love the Bible? Look in, look in Luke chapter number 10, verse number 39. Let's, let's, let's see what it says. Just so y'all think I ain't making something up. Verse, verse, verse 40, watch this. Verse forty. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad I read the text. It reminded me of one. Martha was cumbered, but Mary had Christ. <laughs> Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, "Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me." Verse forty-one. Jesus answered in her, "Martha, Martha. Now y'all can look it up and see what these Doctor stoppers said, but I know this. I lived in Green Creek, country corn." Green Creek Country Theology. Here it is right here. When my daddy said my name twice, it wasn't because I was sweet. Somebody say amen. I've heard Bethany call all of Mason's names. <laughs> are, are, are y'all with me that when, when when hey man, if you gotta be called more than one time, it ain't because you got all your I's dotted and T's crossed. He said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful. And you're troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. Are y'all listening there? We can get so busy doing good things that we don't do the most important thing. Okay, let me, let me just remind, let's, let's, re, let's re- rewind you. Remember when the disciples out there? God fed the multitude. You Remember, it took just a few hush puppies and a few fishes. And he fed a few sardines and fed a whole crowd, 5,000 men plus women and children, 15 to 20 something thousand people, sat down in wrote, rank and file, fed every one of them in a green grass picnic. Y'all remember that? God put them in a storm so they'd worship him. They got so busy working that God had to let a storm come so they could worship him. Read the text I'm not, I'm not making it up. Sometimes God has allowed things happen just to remind, my daughter-in-law said that the other day to me and Michelle on the phone. Sometimes God allows situations to happen in our life just to remind us he's God and he's got it. I say amen. My wife's eyes got like that and I say amen. Preach on, Jessica. Amen. One thing is needful and Mary had chosen that, did y'all see that? Good part. That's, 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 That's what it said. The good part which shall not be taken from her. Now, taken away from her. One day, Martha wasn't going to have the strength because of old and feeble to be cumbered and careful. But it didn't matter how old Mary got, she was always going to be content with Christ. Are y'all listening to this preacher? and that was never going to be taken away from her. See, brothers, we'll run everywhere when we're physically able. When God's trying to get us, when we're able to bear the yoke in our youth, to bear it and get the work for the glory of God. Hey, man, I feel like, I feel like I'm preaching to folks here that knows what I'm talking about. She said, I, I want to I, I, I be illuminated. I want my discernment to increase, so I'm going to listen. She said, I want, <laughs> I want my devotion and my love to be developed, so I'm gonna sit here and get inspired. One thing is needful, one thing, faithful service is excellent. But unless love for Christ be its inspiration, delight becomes drudgery. That's what Spurgeon said. And the joy of a Christian living will only be past memories. Don't get so caught up, dotting the I's and crossing the T's, working and becoming weary that you forget to worship. goes all the way back to the first worship of birth children in this world. When worship is wrong, walk will be wrong, work will be wrong, came worship wrong, and everything got messed up am I right church don't get so busy with all this other stuff that we forget to get at his feet and worship that we get hey you got at his feet when you were convicted you got at his feet hey man and you got humbled and contrite and you got at his feet and you got converted. And you got at his feet and, and dumped your concern. But don't forget getting at his feet. Just be content. If I, if I can't do nothing else, I can't. I remember being at the rest homes. And man, pre COVID, preaching all these rest homes. Ken's preaching in about eight back in, eight a week. Working full time job. Doing a hot dog ministry, and I, and I was preaching and, uh, and pastoring, preaching meetings, preaching at the jail and the prison at least three or four times a week, going in two or three nursing homes, nursing homes, and I remember going in there one time, and man, I'm just—I'm be honest with you—I was wore out. I was—I was tired. I just got off the phone, and Brother Ken said, "Man, I'm wore out, preacher." I said, man, me too. We didn't, neither one of us complained. We just said, I tell you what, I'm going to pray for you. And, and I said, thank you, brother, I'm going to pray for you. And he said, I'm excited about getting to preach. I said, me too, I'm walking in here. I get up there, Miss Rhonda, and there's four people there. The people, the staff, want a preacher to come. They ought to care enough to have the people in there, in my opinion. They complain when they ain't there. When they are there, they ought to make sure. Ch- are y'all with me today? Anybody ever worked in a nursing home, you know what I'm talking about. You do, y'all, if they was cutting out, <laughs> if they was cutting out rabbits, they'd have 15,000 in there. Y'all, why not get them in there for the preaching? I'm in preacher. So we get in there, and they said, just a handful there. Man, I'm tired. I'm, 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 I'm wore out. And boy, God helped me preach that day. I don't even remember everything. I don't remember much I said. When I about came to myself, the, the, <laughs> uh, the staff was there. And man, we, they, we had church. They got with me and we got to worship. And brother, I got my mind off the work and got my mind on worship. And there's a little old lady back there and I'll never forget she was hunkered over like this if I remember right I was preaching on, on, on Noah amen me too and, and she was hunkered down like this and she never moved if, if I could demonstrate here's, here's what she'd do she, this is the way she'd move the whole time she had one of them plastic chairs had to strap her into it when we got to preaching that lady I'd never seen her do this she went woo Whoa, I'm talking about stood up. The nurses were scared. Whoa, amen, Mason. Somebody help me, amen. Whoa, she went like that. And when the service was over, whoop, right back down. I never saw her do it again. Never saw her do it again. But for a little bit of time, brother, she got to worship. You know what? I reminded me. It don't matter what condition you' in. That God'll never. He'll. Oh man. He'll never rob you of an opportunity to worship. That'll never be taken away from you. Old Raymond guys, Old man of God. Some of y'all knew him. he a man of God, brother Jamie Miss What a man of God, brother Randy Bang. Come out of that church. What a man of God. Great man. And most folks don't even know him. They don't know who he is he preached on the Holy Ghost. He went into autumn care so many times that when he got put there and he had lost his mind and got Alzheimer's, when he got put there, he'd try to leave every day because he, he'd go visit Why he was in there. And when he was done knocking on every door, he'd think he's going to go leave and they wouldn't let him. And I'd go in there and preach and he's over there and he's kind of confused. And I'd say... Boy, I, I must want to pray, Lord, that you'd fill me with the Holy Ghost. And I'd hear Brother God say, Did somebody say the Holy Ghost? And he'd just come back in. preaching, Lord. pardon on him. I mean, man, hallelujah. I remember seeing my grandpa and Paul, and I didn't hear him say a lot of things, but when he got Alzheimer's, he didn't even know me. He was up there seeing him at St. Luke's Hospital. Didn't know Mama Cal. Didn't know nobody. But I'd get in there, and i just mention Jesus, and he'll say, he'd say things like, Boy, I'm glad he went to Cal. I say, hey, ma'am, You might lose your name. You might lose your wife's name. But thank God for that name. Can anybody say amen? Oh, God, let's get at his feet. Don't, don't, don't just set it to the side. Hey, don't just take it for granted. Take the opportunity to never get over getting at his feet. Let's all stand his bow. Now it's nice, close, Father, we love you. I want to thank you for the privilege of opportunity to preach.